in-season or off-season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron, together ahead. We heard from head coach Brian Flores at the end of our number one there, and we heard some of the same things we heard from Coach Flores, but also talked a lot about execution there as well. Seth, I got to go to you for my for my press conference takeaways because Big Seth is the guy on the scene for all things PR, body language, head coach, whatever <laughs> you want to talk about, Seth's the guy. So what'd you take away there from head coach Brian Flores after this defeat, Seth? Well, I could mention the obvious, which I think, as Juice said, Coach Flo said a number of things that, that we have been saying here in the show. So we're not off here. I think he recognizes some of those things. And he's right. This team, he was proud of the team for fighting until the end. He is not getting too low and understands this is the National Football League. You're traveling across the country. You're playing a good football team. Sometimes the other team's going to make more plays than you will in the end. And, and that's what it came down to was one or two plays. We talked about it earlier. You make that field goal, maybe this isn't the situation. If that ball, if Jacoby throws the ball even higher and overthrows Waddle, then, then maybe you don't have that safety. So I, but, but he talked about the chunk plays. He talked about some of the other things. And so that I also agree with, and it was consistent with what we said here. But what to me, and I've seen it the last two weeks, that's a competitive individual right there. Brian Flores is a competitive man. We know he hates to lose. We know, especially when he can smell victory, he hates to lose. But he's not going to lose it in that moment because if he does, how can he expect those 53 guys in the locker room juice to hold it together? And so I think that we saw him say, look, the, 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 the bridges aren't burning down. Things need to be corrected, but we saw some things we liked and we're going to get it done. And I and I don't think that that's just coach speak. I think that he believes it, and he needs his team to believe it as well. So that was my biggest takeaway from the press conference. And he, he mentioned a couple of things that Seth mentioned that we've kind of discussed here, obviously execution. He talked about that little lull in the middle of the game, needing some of the chunk plays to be more of a frequent thing opposed to just late in the game. But, OJ, the part that really stood out to me was kind of – almost an embattled Brian Flores talking about how we fought hard. I was proud of the guys for fighting hard. And, you know, if they make a couple of plays, the game doesn't even go to overtime. If we make a couple of plays, we win the game and we'll feel a whole lot better. So three weeks into this thing, is he kind of feeling that loss? Seth talked about it. Coach is a competitive guy. I know that he hates to lose more than we do, we can even imagine. But did that kind of feel like this one got to him a little bit? I think so. You know, I think what we, we do appreciate about Coach Flo is, I mean, Look what happened last week to this team, you know, and then look how they came back this week and how they battled, you know, and how it looked like, again, they had lost control of the football game and how they battled back. I think he's got to love how you know, he's got a bunch of guys that aren't a bunch of quitters that are going to go out there and fight to the end. But I think it did. I think he felt like, at, at, at towards, especially towards the end, I think we had some momentum going there, and I, I think they were feeling like we were feeling. How are we feeling in here late in that game? We felt like they were going to win this football game. Yes. I think he had that same feeling, you know, once they got back into it. Once they came 100%. up to 25 unanswered, I think he felt like, okay, well, now we're rolling a little bit. We, we're, we got everything going. The defense is playing well, three and out, three and out. We're scoring a little bit. I, I think that might be the biggest thing, that, the biggest part of that brought him down emotionally towards the end there, man, because I thought for sure, you know, that we had a chance and that we we're going to win that football game. When you go out there and you still lose it, I mean, that, that, that you know, that, it, it drains you and it's, and it's frustrating. But like I said before, I didn't know how we were going to bounce back from a 35 nothing loss at home to go against an undefeated team in their home stadium on the road. So let's not ignore that, Juice. I, I mean, you're a fan of this team, right? Travis, you were a fan of this team your entire life. Juice was a fan of this team once they made him the 25th overall pick. <laughs> and has, that's right, and has been April ever since. 93. 
I, I, everybody wanted this team to win. Anybody who cares about the Miami Dolphins wanted this team to win today, and they didn't come away with the victory. But after that 35 to nothing loss, do you feel good at least about the fact that, hey, we know we need to improve? Kind of like what Coach Flores said. We know they need to, they need to improve. But they, they at least came out and they fought. Did they earn your, your respect? Did they earn your trust a little bit more? Do you feel like, hey, all is not lost and these guys are going to continue to fight? OJ, let me, let me get a quick point in there real quick because I, I love that idea from Seth. But, you know, it, it, how much do – to kind of add to the question, how much do style points matter? Because we saw this team fall 1-2 last year and they made a, they made a turnaround and, and turned their season around to 10-6. and six. It didn't get them the playoffs, but they finished the season 9-3. and three. So my question is, like, this part of the season, this always seems to happen around the National Football League. For sure. Where teams have funky records. We saw the, the Steelers, who beat the Bills opening day, they – they can't beat anybody right now. They're playing really bad football, but they had a great win over a great team week one. So mm-hmm. my question, as you kind of hear me getting charged up here a little bit, my <laughs> question is, I know one and two sucks. It sucks to have two straight losses when you had a chance to get your second road win. All that sucks. But like, I'm just wondering, this team is not going to be the team we see in a month or so from now. So how important does it matter that the offense looks terrible? The play, you know, People want to complain about play calling, whatever it might be. Like, How much does that actually matter? Well, it means... It- it matters some, but I think I think this team learned a lot about themselves today. I mean, I think that's what we're doing. We're still we're still learning, especially when it comes to like different uh, parts of our team. I think we learned a lot about our team today in terms of you know the guys that we can count on. I think the line actually played like we talk about better than they can. But I think I think style points do not matter. Really, it's all about getting the win. But you can build off of some of the things you did very well. And there's some things that we did do well. Obviously, some things that didn't do well. And we didn't close out very well. Closing games all that matters. I always talk about quarterbacks. You know, you talk about a quarterback that throws a lot of interceptions. If they're in the first or second quarter, that's one thing. But if they're late in the game, you know, that's, that's a different thing. But if he's throwing touchdowns late in the game, that's, that's what you want to talk about, how you close out games. We got to figure out a way to close out games like that, especially when we got momentum like that. I thought for sure, Seth – that our defense, like I talked about before, was going to go out there and get a stop and get us the ball back and get us a chance to win it. So I think moving forward, I think we're learning a lot about ourselves. Well, right. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, just I didn't mean to cut you off, but like you said, style, I, I – I don't think style points matter either. Yeah, you know, no moral victories or you know somebody coming in and just throwing for meaningless yards at the end of the game. Right. But in that locker room, Juice, you know, as a guy who had to look other people in the eye. You know when people quit on you. Mm-hmm. You know when you've got guys in that locker room who quit on you. Any, if anybody know, fans can say whatever they want, but the players in that locker room know who quit on them and who fought to the bitter end. And I got to believe that as this team is trying to build towards something, if anybody thought this was going to be a Super Bowl champion, everybody wants them to win the Super Bowl. But if that's where your hopes are, then, hey, I, I, you're probably pretty upset at one and two. Doesn't mean they can't turn it around. But this team needs to grow and continue to grow and continue to build, and they have to trust each other. They have to believe in each other. And they have to, more than anything, know that the guy next to them or on the other side of the ball is not going to quit on them. And I think they can come away with that here. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be able to settle on some guys they can trust. I think that's where we're getting to, and that's that's part of this whole process. When you know you got some you got some new guys in here, you got some guys from last year. Um, we saw Fuller today. What are we going to end up doing with him? We got some guys on defense that are getting different opportunities ever since Raekwon's been out. We saw some guys step up on the defensive line. So I think it's going to it comes down to who can we trust, you know, and who can we build off of, who can we build from, and I think that's where we're headed with this team uh, and. Not, all is not lost. I think we're going to continue to get better. Coach Flo is going to make the adjustment. He made adjustments from last week to this week. 
You know what I mean? Even week one, we, we've talked about it before. Week one wasn't a pretty show for us, even though we got the win. You know, week two obviously was a disaster. But week three, come back and we got it. We start off 14 nothing. You know, we have a lull and we get back in it and have a chance to win it. You know, that's what you like to see from your team. And, Trav, you said it best, man. Every, the beginning of the seasons have been, been rough and closed in, in, in this whole tenure so far. But how will they respond? I guarantee it's going to be a different team again. We see in week four, you know, when Indianapolis comes to town. So, I mean, I, I feel you on that, Big Seth, man. It's like when you, when you got a coach, man, that's so emotional, so, so, so tough on himself, I think, at times. But I think the players in the locker room can look at him man-to-man and you'll know who the guy is that you want to go to battle with and some of the guys that you want, don't want to play with anymore. But I think for the most part, they got a solid 47 and 53 in that locker room. And, and that's definitely part of it. But I think one thing that, in speaking on behalf of the fans, I think fans would love to hear from you, OJ, is you look at the offense and the, the numbers are bad, the production's bad, the, the, the aesthetics of it are bad, right? Everything mm-hmm. looks very difficult for this Dolphins offense right now, except for the end of that game. They had some moments and some moments in the Patriots game as well. But for the most part, this offense has been kind of an eyesore. Like, how are there corrections that get made throughout the course of the season? Because everyone's out there saying we've got to bring in an offensive line. We've got to bring in an, a new quarterback because now that two was down. We have to go get a running back at the trade deadline. I've seen all. I've seen it all. Like yeah. Every single position has been suggested. That's just not how this league works. You're not going to go out and find talent without giving up a lot on the back end. So Imagine what that would look like if you just right. turned the whole roster over oh week goodness, to week. Right. Just right. get rid of all the draft picks, I guess. But, I mean, we, we have to go to a break here soon, maybe pick it up on the other side. But I'm just curious to get your take because it, it looks bad, but the corrections – have to be internal, don't they? Yeah, they, they definitely do, man. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about it. And then we have we have the guys in the locker room. Those are guys going to have to make the plays moving forward. Exactly right. Let's go ahead and pause for 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami. WPOWHD2 Miami. WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. Again, the final score from Las Vegas, Raiders 31, Dolphins 28. They fall in overtime. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. But we prefer to call it loyalty, and we think you should reward yourself for that loyalty with an ice-cold Heineken. So whether you're on the way to Hard Rock Stadium for kickoff or watching from afar, grab a crisp, balanced Heineken to keep you company. Heineken, the official import beer of the Miami Dolphins. Must be 21 or older to purchase. Enjoy Heineken responsibly. The season is here, and so is your chance to experience the thrilling Dolphins football live and in the stands. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has got you covered with the largest selection of seats of any ticket marketplace. Don't miss any of the action. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. And you guys heard Brian Flores at the end of his press conference talk about how proud he was of his team for fighting hard at the end of that game, making it a game, overcoming an 11-point deficit, pushing it into overtime, just couldn't quite find enough plays at at the end to become victorious but to get to that point the lexus drive of the game was brought to you by your south florida lexus dealers who encourage you to experience amazing and on that drive of the game jacoby Brissett caps it off with a rushing touchdown gesicki comes in motion now he's going to try to run with it and he is dumped at the one yard line the clock is ticking they're out of time you gotta get up 20 seconds left Got to get a play called. They're trying to get everybody lined up. 14, 13, 12, fourth down and goal from the one. Brissett back to throw. Pressure gets away from it. Looking, tries to run. He got it. 
<laughs> Hit him with wow. the stanky leg, Bruce. What a run. What a play by Brissett. <laughs> Stayed on his feet and got in the end zone. Wow, a broken play. I got to do it. 13 plays, 82 yards, 3 minutes and 2 seconds off the clock for the touchdown. Two fourth down conversions on that drive, and we'll talk about some of the big ones on that drive, but I want to go back to the end there because, Seth, you mentioned it, I think, in our previous segment about kind of having this collection of Dolphins fans here with us in the station. It's it's It makes for a really fun experience when things are going well, obviously. Right. The end of the Patriots game and then some moments here at the Raiders game in the station, but, you know, we talk about our reaction. You know, we were... We were high-fiving. <laughs> I even said at one point I thought his helmet was going to come flying off and the ball go blowing up, but he did not do that. He dives in for the game or the a chance to give themselves a chance to tie the game with a mm-hmm. two-point conversion with that touchdown, but 13 plays, 82 yards to get Miami back in the game. Uh, look, these are the moments we're here for. Again, you're not going to win every game. Absolutely wanted to come away with a W, but if you're a fan of this team, you need moments like this. You didn't get anything in Buffalo. Like that was there's it's completely understanding why people went bananas after the Buffalo game because there was nothing that you could grab onto. That moment was electric. That's what we're here for, fellas. So you have to embrace those moments, the fourth down conversions, and I'm telling you, Jacoby Brissett, you know, he got, it's, you're kind of trying to figure out what you're looking at. You're worried about the mechanics. Is he running in slow motion? Like, how is that happening? It's all good. But, man, when the world is crashing down around him and the buildings are burning and everything's going nuts – the guy's magic. He's absolutely magic, and we saw it there. And he, I don't know where that fast twitch comes from because I don't see it anywhere else, but he twice threw that stanky leg out there and <laughs> fake guys out. And I, and you have to also count, you have to count the two-point conversion as part of that drive. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, we heard you. We saw it on the video, Travis. He's wide open. There he is, and he hits Fuller. And, I mean, I, I'm going to remember that play for the rest of the season. I, I would have liked a better outcome, guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to sit here and, and put lipstick on a pig, all right? We we wanted to drive home here with a victory, but, man, that was fun. Well, find, yeah, find some enjoyment in football. You have to. For. Like, <laughs> like, well, otherwise, you're just like, what are you doing? Find I, a new hobby I if you can't enjoy OJ those moments. I during the game, I can't get on Twitter because it's just all about, like, why, why my decision <laughs> was the right way to go and why this team can't get it right. Like, if you're not enjoying it, go find something else to do. That's, that's exactly that, right. That's how I look at it. Yeah. it you know, it's it, – they break your heart a hell of a lot. We talk about being a fan since '93, Juice. They've been breaking my heart for a long time, but I'm never going to leave this team. I'm not going to. I'm going to keep coming back and asking for more. But moments like that—that's what you live for. You also live for a big fourth and twenty conversion. You ever seen oh, a play man. like that, OJ? Never, never. You know, I mean, Freddie Mitchell. I mean, a lot of times, yeah, <laughs> the people chant back then, right? Get a belt. I, what a what a job again by Jacoby Brissett buying a little time, and of course, you know, finding my man Mike Gesicki from Penn State. You know, with great hands to pluck that thing out of the air. But I want to go back real quick, if I can, to the the fourth down play because remember they were in hurry up there, and I don't know yeah. I, I, which fourth down, I, the fourth and one, the one he scored a touchdown. Okay, on. yeah, I don't remember ever in any time I've ever played where we had any fourth, you know, any hurry up plays down there in the goal line. You know, so I don't even know what the what the call was. Hand signals, like you know, anything else <laughs> out in the middle of the field. We we had all kinds of signals and hand calls and and, and code words. So for them to even have a play, it might be that might be why it broke down in the first place. Because I can't imagine what they had in terms of two minute drill down on, down on the one yard line for a fourth down call with no timeouts, can't spike it, can't get to a better play. You know, so 
I think Jacoby said pretty much to spread everybody out, and I'm gonna give me the rock to get in there with my my big self. I think he had him right where he wanted him, Juice. I think he did. I'm telling you, I was less nervous on that play than any other play on that drive. I felt like he needed the clock winding down and scrambling. Uh, Look, he seems to be a pretty chill dude. We talked about it a lot. His demeanor on the sideline. The the camera (laughs) on him the whole game was like, whoa, is he have almost does he have a pause? I I thought it was a scrimmage. If you if you just watched him on the sidelines, you might have thought it was a scrimmage. But man, oh man, he needs that, I think, to yeah. get the juices flowing. I need to take some meditation classes yeah. from him. I, I have some balance in my life like Jacoby Brissett has. Damn, he's, he's Right, right. So, yeah, but back to that fourth and 20, man. I mean, what a, what a great – Unbelievable. What a great throw, buying a little time, knowing the play concept, and guys, you know, working to get to a certain spot. I think Mike was probably supposed to be hit more towards the middle of the field, but Jacoby drifting left and throwing that, 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 you know, that laser down the sideline. Great job of catching the rock, getting two feet in. At that point – you know, Wink got the fourth and twenty. I'll be honest with you, fellas. I don't quit on my team, but I thought that was it. I know. When we get to fourth and twenty, I mean, how can you expect that to be converted? Because it's right where Jacoby even, wants even him, the, Juice. Even the fourth and eight, I think that you know that that Devontae caught. I'm like, oh my god. And I think I heard Jimmy say it was a drop. Oh wait a minute, he caught it. You know what I mean? So I was my, my heart was going up and down, man. It was a, it was a tough. It was a tough, tough tough game man in terms of like my emotions bro you know i'm gonna be drained i'm drained right now yeah it's a lot but i've come down calmed down a lot good but i'm telling you that four from that four from 20 all right yeah matt's that's that's those are drives and things and plays that you know (laughs) that dreams are made of man you don't get those opportunities very often i'm sorry i gotta do it josh house my man house over there just tweeted there it is there there's jacoby Brissett on the sidelines the close-up by the way he that is probably him right there with like 30 seconds to go in the game and he's got a score down eight i mean how is he so chill yeah it's a great great point man but i think but you've seen other quarterbacks we've i've heard about other quarterbacks that get in those situations they can't get the play called you know, they're not not stuttering, but stuttering to play. Not not that it's bad, you know, but can't get it called. They just can't get it called because they're so nervous and so uptight. You know, maybe that's the way. He ain't nervous. Not. I can tell you that he's much. Not <laughs> he's a cool cat, man. You know, he's a cool cat. I'd hate to play poker against that guy. So I have this this kind of theory about the way that drive ended there. Because I was talking about it to you guys, and you guys kept on giving me the same rebuttal. And you were saying, Travis, I don't care when we score, how we score. We have to find a way to score because my whole point was – I don't want to give the Raiders any time on the other side. Oh, you got what you wanted. You sure did. And exactly, I got exactly what I wanted. The Raiders had, was it no time left? Did they zero. even have a kickoff? Was it zero seconds at the end of the game? I can't remember. Two seconds, and I think we pounded it through. There you go. Put it Touch through. Back. They take a knee. We get on out of there, go to overtime. Didn't work out that way. But my theory is that those two wildcat plays were – if we score, great, that's good. But if we get tackled at the one- or two-yard line, even better. Because those lo- those were some strange-looking plays to get to Jacoby right into where Big Seth says is right where he wants to be, right? Where things are <laughs> things are chaotic. It's not very easy. Just like the Devontae Parker completion on that drive, the fourth and 20 completion to Gasicki. I mean, he had it all working there. But those wildcat calls towards the end there mm. on the goal line. Oh. I mean, what do you guys think about short yards right now? Because that was a problem that drive. It was a problem earlier in the game. Is, is that something that you have to kind of – to get better at, to fix, to find some help, like what's what's your answer there, Juice? Yeah, well, we got big back. You know, we got Malcolm Brown. You got guys that can really pound it in there. You know, and I don't know why. You know, you 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 don't pound it in there. I, they tried to pound him with Malcolm in Wildcat. I'd rather than put him in eye with a big fullback or you know one of our our big uh, tight ends in front of him. You know, you can even do some play action in that in that point and get uh, Jacoby on the on the on the edge, man. But uh, you know, it's. Again, I hate questioning play calls, but some of them had me scratching my head a little bit. It really did. I mean, you got first and goal down there from the one, uh, you know, and you run two, you know, two wildcat plays, and you, you lose a, lot, a yard on the second one. 
And they're actually moving the ball, right, Juice? I mean, that was the most rhythm they had the whole game. They were rolling, man. I thought they were rolling. So that was my concern. Um, Same time, you know, it's like, you know, we hadn't used it all game. I haven't seen it pretty much all year. But, um, you know, I would have put the ball in Jacoby's hands and, like Seth says, you know, kind of get off script a little bit and try to make something happen. Finally did do that, and he was able to get in there on a scramble. But, man, that that, that scared me a little bit too because play calling all the time, man, it's always – you know, and it's not easy. Trust me, it's not. Look, I coach high school football, and I see how we scramble to get plays called and stuff like that. You know, and there's it's less less at stake, you know, in what I'm doing out there, man. But, you know, we, we've got to figure out if we can be a team that can pound it down somebody's throat. But think about it, though. Go back to New England game. We had that four-minute offense. We were in here. We were applauding, you know. When we were able to run it, run it, run it down right. the throat, you know, drive. it was yeah. a huge drive at the end of that game and not give the team the ball back. So we got to be able to find a way when we got first and goal from the one and pound it. If it takes four downs to do it, but not try to do it in a tricky way. Kind of like the Gasicki shovel pass, things like that. Yeah. We got to be able to line up, hit somebody in the mouth, and our, our offense, you got to trust the offensive line that can get it done. So, and Juice, you know, you just brought up something interesting. You mentioned it earlier where you said that you think that perhaps after the success late in the game and in overtime that maybe we will see the Dolphins start to take more chances uh, down the field. Uh, I, I know we certainly want to see that, at least as as fans of the game. But And you talked about that four-minute drive before. How much of this situational play calling is necessary? Right, I'm going back to now your experience in the huddle. How much of that is the situational play calling is necessary? How much are guys just rising to the occasion? Or do you think the guys are saying, hey, look, coaches, we're trying to give you some confidence in us. We're showing you we can do this when you give us the opportunity to do it. Let's open it up a little bit. Well, I mean, it's it's – that's a that's a great question, Seth. And I don't even know how to answer. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Question. Well, I, you know, I don't even know how to answer. We we have to be able to to do different things other than what we do because no matter what, the field's gonna get smaller and smaller every team we play if we continue to do what we do. I think what we showed at the end, even though some people might say, well, they might have been in preview or they're playing off or whatever, and we got the chance to get deep, we've got to open that open the field up a lot earlier in the football game, which will also open up our run game. You know, if you got safeties that are, you know, three yards off the ball, five yards off the ball, and you got the, the free safety that's 10 yards off the ball, it's, it's impossible to run in there. So in, in order to loosen that all up, we got to start sending some guys deep. We got to, we have to get, we have to get Mike going, Gasicki going deep. We I agree with that. We have to get our speed going deep. We've talked about it over and over again. We have to get our intermediate stuff, you know, not five, 10 yards, you know, 12 yards, 13 yards. That doesn't take long, you know. Look. Tom Brady's done it with sometimes with with a free blister coming at him and be able to get it off for 12, 15-yard plays. <sighs> so we've got to figure out a way to get down the field vertical and get the ball off in a, in a, in a, in a limited time in terms of, you know, one less than two seconds. And it, it works, man. But I don't know how we get there. But you have to take those shots in order to give yourself those opportunities. And you know what's interesting about it is that they did take those shots late in the game. Mm-hmm. And what happened late in the game? They moved the football. None of those shots were successful. But it changes the way the defense looks at you, right? They have to keep an eye deep. They have to start playing, like you mentioned, a Javon Holland 20, 25 yards off the football. You have to account for more grass when you have those shots built into your offense. So I thought that was a good job of incorporating it more. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Seth, you got it, Well, is it as simple as that, though? Is it as simple as, well, it worked late in the game. It should work earlier. I mean, are the defenses playing differently as well in those situations? So, you know, is there more pressure on the defense at that point, Drew? So I, I, is, it, is, it clear, is it that black and white? Is it that simple for us as fans? 
fans to say, well, it worked late in the game. It should have worked in the first quarter. Well, I mean, it worked. It worked all fourth pretty much, right? We had opportunities out the whole, whole fourth quarter. You know I mean? We were down the 11 points. I get it. You know, and then we got the, the field goal. But I think we were able to open it up a little bit towards the game. The fourth and 20, was that on? Was, was that Overtime. On? No, it was fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. That was fourth quarter? Yeah. Yeah, that was in the fourth quarter. I'm going to challenge that one, fellas. I'm going to say Miami Dolphins at 627 in overtime, fourth and 20. Okay. Uh, and then Jacoby Brissett to Mike Kosicki. Yeah. yeah. Well, there okay. you go. I'm on fire right now. I feel like Jacoby right now, man. <laughs> yeah. The world is You're just right. crumbling around us. You had to have it. Yeah, had to have it and had to make a play there. I think um, – even in that play right there, I mean, it's going to be a little. They're going to be a little bit off on fourth and twenty, of course. Right. But same time, though, man. I mean, in that last drive, in the, in the eight-minute drive, I mean, the uh, 82, 82 – Jeez, OJ, relax, calm down. <laughs> Deep breaths. The, the eighty-two-yard drive. Yeah. You know, I think we had some opportunities to get the ball down the field then too. So thirteen plays, eighty-two yards, and a. Th- uh, three minutes and two seconds off the clock. That is the Lexus drive of the game brought to you by your South Florida Took Lexus a long dealers. To get there. I'm sorry, Maybe, <laughs> to be in the middle of read, man. But yeah. It's a 13 play drive, Juice. Right, it bro. takes a long time. Right, South bro. Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. And I wanted to make this last point here because we talk about play calling and, you, you know, Coach, uh, Coach O, as it were, on the uh, sideline at the junior football games. There were some moments in this game that I thought they had some great calls. A two point conversion call. Will Fuller's wide open. You'd love to see that. Third and seven rushing play for Miles Gaskin springs a big leak. What a great call that was knowing you're in four down territory and again you know juice is talking about picks all day long the Raiders running pick plays rub plays and you talk about coach O trying to think of things to sequence as a play caller in, in, in junior football the swing pass to Miles Gaskin I thought was a great example of play sequencing because early in the game Mike Gasicki runs a hookup route and Gaskin has the swing route and I'm saying get the ball to Miles and you guys are saying no take the completion and I was like I want the ball to Miles <laughs> they came back with that same look and hit it or well they didn't hit it, but they had it open right. and had a chance to hit a big play up there as well. So there were some moments where I thought you could take away some encouraging stuff as far as the Dolphins' play sequencing <laughs> and their offensive structure. Speaking of takeaways here, do, do we have to go to break, Travis? Let's come All back right, we'll set. go to break. Final score. God, Biff Vegas. is killing me. Every time I'm starting to feel it. Raiders 31, <laughs> Dolphins 28. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. The Joe WQAM. It's time for Dolphins football parties. Take home gating to the next level with hot and delicious Totino's pizza rolls. And we talked a little bit about Jacoby Brissett in that last segment there, the game-tying drive there at the end, as well as an overtime to get the Dolphins even at 28, all before Oakland. Oakland. Las Vegas kicked the game-winning field. Are you goal. even old enough to call them Oakland? <laughs> Shoot. I can call them Los Angeles, too. I go. <laughs> Let's go ahead, though, now and throw it to the Dolphins quarterback from today, Jacoby Brissett, after the game in his post-game press conference. How would you describe that game? Uh, I mean, tough. It's tough, tough one. Um, you know, we had our chances, obviously. Uh, hats off to them. They, they capitalized on some of our mistakes. Um, you know, but, yeah, it was tough. I think, uh, I think we played hard. Uh, you know, the good thing is we stuck together, uh, and that's, that's all you want, uh, especially coming into a hostile environment. You know, we, we have a chance at the end, you know, so, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think in all phases of the game, I think we, uh, you know, I think we took a step forward. I think we got better. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys came up and made made a lot of plays. Uh, you know, we uh, we prepared well, um, and and I think some of it showed. Uh, we obviously left a couple plays out there. I know I did uh, personally, uh, and and 
So I think we're cheering in the right uh, direction. Uh, I think a lot. Of, I think we got a lot to build off of. I mean, obviously, there's no more victories in this this league, but yeah, I think we got a lot of stuff to build off of. Um, I mean, going against Gus, I mean, he, he, he tries to keep you keep the ball in front of him. Uh, you know, it's like a sin for their defense to get the ball pushed behind him. Uh, so, uh, you know, early on, I mean, we, we just had to understand, like, we had to take what was what, what to give us, what they gave us. Uh, and, and over time, um, you know, they would get tired of it and we would have our chances down the field. And, and as you see, we did have chances down the field towards the end. And, and uh, you know, we just didn't make the plays. Um, and, uh, and I think we will uh, down the line. Uh, but it was good to, to to see, you know, how we would react in those situations, and, and um, yeah. So like things, situations like that where defense is like forcing you to just take these hundred meter outs. In the long scheme, that's kind of a like a battle of wills, like who. who yeah. Will the game first. <laughs> yeah, and and um, you know that's what Gus is all about. Uh, he wants the quarterback and the office coordinator to be disciplined, and and do that for four quarters. Uh, like I said, I think we did a good job of it because at the end we still had our opportunities, uh, and, and and like I said, I think we 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 obviously left a couple of plays out there, but you know, like like I said, we, I, I think we got some good to work off of. Jacoby, there were three plays that were really critical at the end: your touchdown run, the two-point conversion, and then fourth and twenty. I, I don't know what you do with a fourth and twenty situation, but you made it work. You know, obviously the touchdown, uh, you know, I should have tried to, I was trying to throw the ball away, but I didn't want to risk fumbling. Uh, you know, we, we pack practice that situation all the time of having that play call uh, in our back pocket. So uh, it was a good job of the offense, you know, and the players on the team, on the, on the field is being able to get to it on a run uh, with a different grouping uh, and, you know, us keeping our composure. I mean, they're on the headset telling me, I looked up and we, we had like 15 seconds, I want to say. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't like a crazy rush. We just had no timeouts, uh, and then I think we did a good job of getting to the spots. And you know, obviously I ran, but uh, then the two point. I think Will did a good job on we. I mean, we put that play in, uh, you know, specifically for him because of what he can do. Uh, he did a good job, made a play on it, uh, and and um, you know that's all we can ask. And then the fourth and twenty is just do what you got to do, right? <laughs> Uh, that it just wasn't a good play. Uh, it was a dumb decision on my part. Uh, take full responsibility for it, and uh, you know it's a great learning experience in that situation. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that one, that 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 uh, that was a tough one. Uh, when you look back on plays, that hey, what what uh, what could a you know, alleviated this feeling that we have right now. Uh, and that was definitely one that I want back. Well, I, I like to know that he talks about that feeling they have right now because obviously mm-hmm. it means a lot to the guys in that locker room. But just kind of taking responsibility for that, calling it a dumb play, I mean, it, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody would disagree with Jacoby on that instance there. We, we broke it down a little bit at length already. But, Juice, the most interesting thing to me and, and also heart-wrenching at the same time it was what he said about Gus Bradley's defense. I tweeted about this pregame in a thread I wrote about things I thought the Dolphins had to do to win this game. He said it's a sin for them to get the ball behind them, and that's that cover three defense, right? You're going to take your two cornerbacks, they're going to bail out and get deep, and you have a safety in the middle of the field, and they're going to take away one-third, one-third, one-third of the field deep. And, man, to have a defensive structure like that 
and you're up 14-0, that's exactly what you want. Right. Isn't it? Right. It is exactly what you want, man. And like we talked about, you know, some of those little short plays turn into like little run plays, little short pass plays. I don't know about taking three and four yard plays though. Can we get <laughs> six to eight yard plays? You know, he, he said they're going to come, give, Juice. Yeah, if he doesn't want to give us a home run, at least let's go six to eight yards. You know, down the field a little bit, and then we can open it up a little bit. And I think, you know, and I love how he came back to that safety play because we we talked about that, and I I made the comment that. You know, not a good play. It was late. It was high. Waddle had no chance right there, and I'm glad he he owned that one as well. What I like for most of these guys, you know, and especially coach accountability, man, when they make a bad, bad play or make a bad decision, they man up and, and fess up to it. And uh, that's what Jacoby did. Two was great at it, too, if there was a, a bad opportunity or bad situation. I think he took the blame for a lot of things he probably didn't have to as well. And that's what quarterbacks do. The good ones do, at least. You know, the ones that are the true leaders on teams do it. And same thing with true leaders as, as head coaches. Um, but Jacoby is he's, he's still cooler than another side of pillows. Oh man, Stuart Scott would say, right? He's you know, super cool, man. man I, I have become a Jacoby Brissett fan today. Yeah. I, I I don't, you know, I'm not saying I'm, no, there's no, no, quarterback no quarterback controversy, controversy here. Right, no, right. absolutely not. You know, you know that Seth Tungavai Levitt loves That's him right. some Tua. <laughs> okay, so don't forget that. I want to hear the other nickname. But but <laughs> <laughs> but when you have a. a a quarterback here who's a veteran and who can handle situations like this. And, and, you know, we heard this all training camp that Brian Flores said guys respect Jacoby. They look up to Jacoby. And it's cracking me up because, you know, sometimes you want to see some passion. You want to see some fire. Just you play from one of the f- most fiery quarterbacks in the history of the yeah. game. You talk about how Danny never sat down during a game. I remember watching him pace up and down and, and all of that. That's not Jacoby, no, man. He's no. just chill. <laughs> he was chill afterwards. But what I heard, and again, it to me, it just tells me the command and the respect that Brian Flores has in this locker room. It's because when Brian Flores stood up at that podium and answered every question by the media here, you did. I did not hear panic in his voice. He's disappointed, but he wasn't. Go- the world was not crashing down around him. He knew there's more football to play, and it's exactly what I heard from his quarterback today. It's exactly what Jacoby Brissett said. And you know, he he look. They made a few more plays than we did. We started to you know we missed a few. We left some plays out in the field, but we're going to make those plays. And guys will rally around that and start to believe that. I believe that, and the talent is there. The talent is there, but they have to believe in each other. And that's that's how it's played out the last two seasons as well. So hopefully they can repeat the last two years as far as their progression as the season goes along. And I can provide some more context to your final point there about how there's no panic among the coaching staff. That's obviously not just a Brian Flores thing. It goes across the entire coaching staff because on Tuesdays we get a chance to meet with the media, gets a chance to meet with the Dolphins coaching staff, the assistants. And I went. they have them in the indoor facility at individual tables, and we go – pick the guy we want to talk to and I went down the line and asked them like how what's your approach to getting guys back on track after a game like Buffalo and they all to a man said you cannot panic you have to be the same because they're going to follow your lead leaders lead by example so it's exactly what you just said Seth across the board from this Dolphins coaching staff we'll talk about that and some more things here coming up on the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter post game show again the final score from Las Vegas Las Vegas 31 Miami 28 in overtime you're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network Brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. 
Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. So Dolphins fall in Las Vegas 31-28 to in the after or the late afternoon slate of games. We had a busy action, a busy day of action, I should say, around the National Football League. Let's go ahead and fire up the music and get to the rest of the scores around the National Football League. Right now, the Packers up 10-zip on the San Francisco 49ers. That is in the second quarter. Right before halftime then, the Panthers won on Thursday night over the Houston Texans 24-9. Buffalo keeps on rolling 43-21 over the Washington football team. Cleveland gets to 2-1 with a 26-6 victory over the Chicago Bears in Justin Fields' first career start. Not a lot going on there for the Bears offense. The Ravens on a 66 record-setting game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker win 19-17 in Detroit. The Titans take out the Colts who fall to 0-3. They'll be in Miami next week 25-16 to get to 2-1. One. The Chargers and Justin Herbert take down Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with four takeaways and a 30-24 final in Arrowhead. The Saints go into Foxborough and take out the Patriots 28-13. Tough day for Mac Jones there in New England. The Falcons win late at the Giants 17-14. The Bengals take out the Steelers to get to 2-1, 24-10 in Pittsburgh. The Cardinals, despite a 109-yard field goal miss return by the Jacksonville Jaguars, win in Jacksonville 31-19. The Broncos blank the Jets. That's 26 to nothing. The Rams take out the Bucks 34-24 in a big, big game. And the Vikings down the Seahawks 30-17. Guys, we ended a couple segments ago talking about some things we can take out of this game that's a positive that you look at. We talked a little bit about the Dolphins' defensive structure going after Darren Waller in a different way than they did last season. But I want to talk about something else that really stood out to me in this game was the Dolphins' defensive line and the work of guys like Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Emmanuel Ogba, and Jalen Phillips. That music's going to keep on rolling for us. <laughs> keep, it, keep it rolling, baby. I thought it was your I'll, new theme song. I'll talk to you a primetime backdrop all day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I want get, to get to this point here about the defensive line because I thought, you know, I know the defense didn't end the way we hoped they would in this game as far as the Raiders' offense having success. But early in that game when it was 14-zip, Man, there were some guys kicking some butt up front, and that was one of my keys to this game because this Raiders offensive line has lost some pieces in the offseason. They were down a couple bodies with injuries this week, and the Miami defensive line, I thought, had to take over a game. And for for big stretches of this game, Seth, they sure as hell did. Yeah, absolutely. You said early in the game, man, Zach Sealer was a man amongst boys. He was grown man stuff all day, Juice. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of – was hoping the Raiders would try to do something silly and just pound the ball today because he was not having any of it. He comes off blocks so impressively, Juice. The length that he has, the way he kind of shocks guys. There was one point where we had a tackle in the game, and Seth goes, was that Sealer again? And we, you and I went back on the— And nine tackles! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's crazy for an interior defensive lineman. We went back on the YouTube uh, YouTube TV and went back and looked at the play again, and we're like, that can't be Sealer. That was on the opposite side of the play. <laughs> but he comes over three gaps and makes a play. So that guy's a monster. Christian Wilkins got a sack today, made some plays. Emmanuel Ogba had some, had some pressures as well. And Jalen Phillips. <laughs> I thought drew some double teams and made some plays in the run game. He was well. active. He, he was tackles. very active, man. He was he all was. over the field, man. I, I was. It was good to see his athleticism. You know, obviously, you know, we're gonna need some more plays, maybe some sacks and things. But the, for him to, you know, to be involved in, you know, rushing the pass and then retracing to get back and in, into a tackle a little bit down the field. He looked a lot more comfortable out there, didn't he? Juice. He got a lot more snaps, you know, tonight. And I, I thought he looked 
the best we've seen him so far. I, I agree. I know we all want to see the sacks. I remember JT used to say sacks are like, you know, wolves. They travel in packs. And, and I think it's going to happen for him. I believe it will. I think everybody believes it will. But he got a lot of playing time, a lot of reps out there, and that tells you that the coaches are starting to trust him more, and he was productive. And so Sealer would have been your game ball if we had won the game? Well, I mean, you know, depending on who was going to take Jacoby or what was going on there. I mean, there were a lot of different things that could have happened. But I was, uh, through two quarters, I was definitely, I mean, Sealer was playing like, uh, I've never seen anything like that, you know, from him. And he's been productive since he got here, but he was just eating and eating juice. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, he truly was just a grown man out there today. He came clean. Go ahead. No, no, go. I'm listening. He he came clean on a pair of plays when the Raiders, I thought, and I think juice said it was disrespect. And I I totally agree (laughs) to go for a fourth down on their own side of the field early in that game, trailing to sealer made a third down stop and a fourth down stop. And there was a Landon Roberts off of his backside too. And did you want to go, did you want to touch on sealer real quick? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, when you lose a guy like Raekwon Davis and you got a guy like Sealer that comes in, you know, can play it with, you know, Christian Wilkins and the guys on the on the line like that, man, and be productive, man. I thought it was, you know, it just tells you a great job of finding guys that fit our scheme, but also they can go in there and make some plays, man. So yeah, it was good to see that. And we were we were talking about him from, from the beginning. From, from the beginning jump. of the game and throughout the whole game, man. So that's it's always a good sign. Some penetration, some pass rush. I think he had a swat at the line, a couple of PBU he did. there. Uh, that defensive line in general, though, just to kind of go back to the point, Adam Butler and Christian Wilkins, there was, you know, OJ referenced my tweets all training camp long, and maybe the vertical game hasn't quite caught up to my tweets yet, but this Dolphins defensive line, as far as Adam Butler's get-off and what that can do to create chances for other guys, we saw it today because on that Christian Wilkins sack, he – Gets, he comes off the ball so fast and forces the interior offensive line to move and shift, and then Christian Wilkins takes advantage of a big gap created because of that movement and gets himself in there for a sack. But the linebacker I wanted to touch on that we talked about a little bit there was he Landon Roberts and the work that he had in this game. He has a pick six where he runs – How that was a – 82 yards. 82, wow, 82-yard 82 yeah. pick six yeah. for, a, for a middle linebacker there. Not bad. Also forced a ball free on a, on a, a goal line run by the, by the Las Vegas Bears. Almost called him Oakland once again. <laughs> But he and that's that's big ball production. He also had the the play like I mentioned on the third down where he scrapes off of Zach Sealer's backside and makes a play at the line there. Man, Robert sure looks the part as far as one of those kind of tone setting linebackers in the middle of this defense, guys. He's got a heavy head, man. He, he is, does hard, man. Yeah, he, he brings the wood, man. He's an old school type of player, man. You know, and he does it legally for the most part within the, the rules. For the most of the part, game. he did get one. <laughs> yeah, he he did get one a little outside of the white there. He did. It's a little, yeah. a little wide. But you know, but it's fun to watch him play, man. And I, you can tell these guys feel it from the other team when he when he hits them. For sure, we can hear it through the TV and or through our you know through the radio or whatever, man. He's definitely a good tone setter. So I love the fact that he's there. I love that pick six. I told you though, Seth. Seth doesn't want to believe me. That eighty-two yards took a lot out of him. Took a lot out of him. <laughs> I, so I don't disagree. <laughs> Again, you know, this is the fifth quarter post game show. It's really the sixth quarter tonight because I know we made it into overtime. But yeah, yeah, at that point of the game. But man, oh man, when your offense has the ball at the end of the half. And then you get your 12-minute halftime. Mm-hmm. And then you get the ball to start the half as well. I don't want to hear that guys are tired. I just don't. Like, I could be tired, right, because I'm overweight and old and lazy and all of that. Those guys should not be tired after 20, 30-minute rest. Everybody's tired in the fourth quarter. Big in the sack. fourth quarter. But you were telling me they were going to be tired coming out of the yeah. half. Come on, Second Juice. Half, you're all, everybody, you start to wear down, man. It's Juice, you are the 12-minute run king. I'm not talking about me. 
They, he shouldn't have been tired. Guys, Seth, talking about those guys. Yeah, I guess he hasn't run 82 yards in one shot probably in his life. I haven't either. I want to so, talk, talk about me for a second. I was at a softball game. Once I want to talk about me for a second. We had Enough double, about you guys. We had a doubleheader, and I was leading the game off, and I hit the shot into right center field over the kid's head. He was playing what way too far in. What is right now? And, and he runs after it. And it but the, the point of the story is I ran around all the bases, and I, I hit an inside-the-park home run, and I was useless the rest of the night Done because of that one run. See? See, Seth? Well, then I I guess and there it is. Okay, I guess it is. You're right. I am wrong. Travis was winded on his inside the park home run or whatever he did over there. So so then those guys were gassed. You know what? He should have slid after the first 40 yards and give Jacoby an opportunity to punch it in. That's what should have happened. I don't want to hear the guys are tired. I don't want to hear that Travis is tired at nine years old running around the bases. I don't want to hear it. It was like 29. But you know who wasn't tired and who played? And, and I really love to continue. I continue to say this. These young athletic safeties. So I thought Brandon Jones, He, you know, again, there were a couple plays we wish he had gotten to the ball. Uh, Carr – made some great throws, some throws that just looked like he was chucking it, and they ended up being on the money. But Brandon Jones played fast. He played aggressive. Those two sacks for 22 yards, yeah. I mean, including one, that second one was huge. Yeah, it was lost. huge. Yeah. So that's encouraging. I'm trying to look at the long game, fellas. I'm trying to look at the 17-game season, the big picture. What is Brian Flores building here? And, and I'm encouraged by that. I think uh, the, the way they finish the game certainly makes you encouraged. And we'll, we'll go ahead and finish up in the final segment and talk about some of those things and some final stats here. <laughs> Again, the final score from Las Vegas, Las Vegas 31, Miami 28 in overtime. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. Listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from six to ten. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight real plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football. And this season, you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. So, guys, the Dolphins fall in Las Vegas. Losers of two straight now heading into week number four against the Indianapolis Colts. But we have some podcasts coming up this week. I'm going to head over to the facility right after this and record the Drive Time Sunday night recap podcast and then we have podcast every day throughout the week on drive time on the Miami Dolphins podcast network we also have the fish tank podcast here with Seth and OJ Seth what's coming up this week on the fish tank podcast well on Thursday we sat down with big Kendall Langford and uh man talk about just uh just a gentle giant in a lot of ways well probably wasn't gentle on the field but what a great interview some funny stories Kendall trapped in an elevator, trapped in a <laughs> private plane with Matt Roth. I mean, there, there was stuff. yeah some really good stuff. Butch, so definitely dive Butch. in this week. Yeah. Butch, he was on there with Butch. <laughs> he was on there with Butch. My name is Matt. That's my favorite fish tank story of all time. My GD name is Matt. It was a good one. Go back and check that out if you guys haven't heard the entire fish tank catalog. There, it's it's evergreen stories, so you guys can hear them anytime you want. Go through them a couple times. Download, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Leave us ratings. Leave us reviews. As for us here on the fifth quarter post game show, that's going to be our time. Thanks 
thanks to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solana, our studio producers, Robert Griepert, Matthew Wilson, and Danny Dave. Garcia. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. For O.J. McDuffie and Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game, Las Vegas 31, Dolphins 28. Dolphins football will be back next or be back on the air next Sunday for week four. The Dolphins return home to Hard Rock Stadium to host the Indianapolis Colts. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches.